in a day when chaos reigns, at a time when spiritual darkness covers the face of the earth, there is a movement. A groundswell of change is happening. God is being true to his word and keeping his promise. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that standard, and it is being lifted up like a mighty banner of hope for all to see. Men, women, students, and children are all finding life in that banner. The church is waking up. A mighty army is coming together to proclaim truth, righteousness, the forgiveness of sins, and the power of God's word. Jesus is building his church. And in spite of those who try to silence it, shut it down and stop its work, not even the gates of hell will prevail against it. This is a move of the Spirit of God. This is a move to lift high the banner. This is a move of the church. Join the movement. God is in this place today. Amen. He is. And I just want to affirm what Jesus told his disciples, which in turn means us. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and on every evil power of the enemy. We stand in that this morning. Satan and his forces have no power in this place today because the church is gathered as his bride here this morning. Amen? Amen. We stand in that today. And that makes me excited for what God's going to do because we are his people gathered. And when we're gathered, he is in our midst. He is working and he is in the, the active work of changing us and equipping us for our work today. Amen? Amen. So a lot of people came to Jesus for different reasons. There were some, I'm sure, who showed up on the hillside one day because there was food being offered. I'm sure there were some who tagged along because they thought this was a political movement. But most people saw Jesus and saw someone that they knew go to him, and they saw lives changed. It's one of the things that characterized the real movement of Jesus, and it still does today. People will go to a church for a time because they like the music, the pastor, the setting, the friends that are there, or whatever. But what makes the difference, and what makes people stay, and what turns it into a movement is when there is genuine life transformation in the people in that church. When all of a sudden the people that you knew once dealt with anger and bitterness and they meet Jesus and they see transformation happen and they instead become people of peace, that starts a movement. When you see people who are filled with anxiety and fear or depression and you find them all of a sudden freed from those issues and serving God with a passion that puts them in front of people instead of running from people, that starts a movement. Amen? When addictions get broken, when marriages become healed, when relationships are restored by Jesus, that starts a movement. Amen? It was true then, it is true today. The gospel tells us that when Jesus went about all Galilee, he was teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all kind of sickness and all diseases among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan because they saw lives transformed. It wasn't just cool. It was change, and people wanted their lives to be different. The movement that God is doing in our day today is no different. Here at Vertical, we are seeing lives transformed. 
We're seeing families healed. We're seeing hope restored. We're seeing the church come together. We're seeing families stand up in the purposes for which they have been called to raise their children in God's ways, to raise their students in God's ways and become a mighty army in this day and in this time. Amen? It's happening. Jesus came to set people free from the very real areas of life. He didn't come to just establish a religious thing that you would do on Sundays. He came to establish a way for us to know life and life abundant. He came to set people free from tormenting fear, panic, guilt, doubt, bitterness, selfishness, shame, sin, and tormenting thoughts. I testify to that because I am one of those. I am one who's been set free. I have been delivered from those things in my own life and have seen God work, and he is still at work today. Today, our message is called Set the Captives Free. I'm going to talk very briefly today, and then you're going to get to hear the real-life story of someone here in Vertical and how God is at work setting captives free. I promise you, you will leave here differently today because of what God does today. Amen? I'm excited about that. Let me, just, let me just set this up for just a moment. Let me just retell the gospel for just a moment so that we understand what's happening here today. The Bible makes it clear that you and I were born in sin. As good as your parents were, as nice as the midwife or doctors were that helped your mom, you were still born with a nature bent towards sin. You were born with a nature that needed to be redeemed by Jesus. That process started the day that Adam sinned. Everybody born after that time, except for the one, Jesus, because he came through his heavenly father's seed, not an earthly father's seed. Every other person, however, was born with a sin nature. Scripture tells us that you were and I were born with the DNA of sin and death. Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Not only did it come to you from Adam, but you did it in your own life. You sinned. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Nobody in this room has not sinned. That puts us all in the categories of sinners, amen? amen? Until you came to know Jesus Christ. Then you're put into a new category. Hello? Uh, hello? Come on now. I, I don't want you to sit here today and leave here thinking you're still a sinner if you've asked Jesus Christ into your heart. Now, understand me. You and I will still sin, but don't call me sinner anymore call me saint who's been redeemed by Jesus Christ, right? Amen. All right. Just want to be clear about all that. So this sin comes to us because of Adam, but it comes to us through the very real lines of family. Sorry to get so personal and talk about your parents all of a sudden here, but this is true. Deuteronomy 5.9 said, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the the children to the third and fourth generations. Your sin nature that you received came from your parents. If your parents are here this morning, they would say, yep. It's true. They got it from their parents, and they got it from their parents, and they got it from their parents. It came down some very tangible family lines to you. And it shows up a little differently in everybody's family. If you've ever been around another family and seen how they do things, you say, I know that's true, right? You get around some other folks, some other families, you say, man, they do some weird stuff. We all do some weird stuff because sin patterns came down to us from our previous generations. They did. And they, the way they thought, the way they believed, the way they acted, that all came to you. From your mom and dad, you were born with a nature that came from their DNA, and so you have some very 
predictable patterns in you that came from them. And unless you come to Jesus Christ and find a way to break those patterns, you'll walk in those same patterns. They might look a little different, but you'll still walk them because this is the pattern that sin follows. It comes to us by nature and it comes to us by nurture as well. But Jesus came to free us from that. Luke 4, Jesus said, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed. So whatever pattern has come down to you from your parents and grandparents and great-grandparents and so forth, Jesus came to break that pattern, to stop the flow and interject instead a new flow, a new life, a new way for you to relate to God and have life flow from you. For you to be redeemed, for you to be rescued, for you to know your future is certain with him and for God to work through you. This is the power of Christ. Colossians 3 says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us, translated us, moved us into the kingdom of the son of his love. When you ask Jesus Christ into your life, the chain on that day was interrupted. The chain of sin pattern coming into you was cut off. A new nature was given to you. The Spirit of God came into you, and you all of a sudden had new motivations, new desires, new direction, and new hope. The pattern of sin was cut. Amen? Romans tells us that you and I received a new spiritual DNA at that point. Romans 8 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. You were brought into a new family. And boy, is this family different than your own family. This family has a God who is the Father. This family has a son who becomes your brother and is a savior all at the same time. It's true. This family has a spirit that's the Holy Spirit that fills all of us. This family brings you up close to the Father, and he sets you at his right hand, the place of honor, and he says, now in my family, I'm going to give you every spiritual blessing that I gave to my son since y'all are now brothers in my kingdom. Amen? It's true. It's true. You and I become part of a new DNA, and this new position causes us to cry out, Abba, or Daddy, Father. This is the new family that you and I are in. It goes on in that same passage. It says, and the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. This new drive he puts within, you sense it. You sense it right now. You know, yes, yes, I belong to that Father. I'm new in him. I'm alive in him. I belong to him. Romans 8, 17 says, and if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Can you believe that? That you and I, by grace, would have God say to you and I, I love you as much as I love my son, Jesus. You are accepted in me as much as he is accepted in me. And I make all things available to you in the same way I make all things available to him. This is who we now are in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you're like me, you're still growing in what all that means, right? As much as we have had that made available to us, we're still all in this process of being discipled and trained and learning what all that means and being set free from some of the old patterns. And God does the work in us. It's he who works in you to do what his good pleasure is, to conform you to his son. Well, today I want you to hear the story of one of our own family here who um, has had a, a vivid demonstration of this in their life. So I want you to give a warm welcome to the Tanners. Let's have Stephen, Emily, 
journey. And you'll meet Wilbur here in just a moment. Y'all come on up. Yeah. Yeah, awesome, awesome. You'll get to meet Wilbur here in just a moment. You might have seen Wilbur here in the room. There's a story that goes with all this. So let me start with, uh, with Stephen. I'll hand you the mic first. All right. So, uh, Stephen, why don't you um, tell us about, there's more of your family out here. Introduce everyone to us and, okay. and tell us how you came to live in this area. <laughs> By the way, the empty seat is for Wilbur in case he chooses to sit there. He <laughs> might just stay right here. All right. Go ahead, Stephen. Sorry. All right. Hello, everybody. My name is Stephen. This is my wonderful wife, Emily, and our daughter, Journey. And uh, we actually have four more kiddos. Uh, three of them are out here in the audience. And uh, one is in California. He just graduated Marine Boot Camp. So he's, right. at, yeah. he's at Camp Pendleton nice. right now. Yeah. It's <laughs> good. Uh, so we actually came to Texas six years ago. Um, and I'm sure you all can guess which state we came from. <laughs> we came from California. Right. Don't hold it against us. No. Yeah. We're glad you're here. Um, so uh, it's, it was a pretty funny story. Um, my wife and I were sitting on the couch one day, and she turned to me and, and uh, said, God's telling us to go to Texas. Like, we, I didn't know anything about Texas. We didn't have anybody that lived in Texas, relatives or friends. And so I uh, thought that was kind of weird. So we prayed about it. And... Um, I applied, ended up applying to a couple of fire departments out here and uh, got hired really quickly at one. So uh, that's pretty much the, the short answer to that okay. question. Okay. All right. You've been uh, here ever since. Six years. That's right. All right. Yeah. Very good. So we're here this morning for Journey's sake. And um, God has worked in her life in a very powerful way. And you're going to get to hear that story this morning. You're going to hear it through her mom's words. And uh, not that Journey can't tell us part of her story. If she chooses to this morning, we might, you know, say, come on. Uh, we would say, come on. Um, but I want Emily to tell us, how did Journey come to be in your family? Tell us, start at the beginning. First, I'm going to pray. Yeah. Just spend a moment um, asking the Holy Spirit to speak through me. Yeah. Father God, we come before you humbled and honored to be here to share in the testimony of what God has done in Journey's life. We praise you and give you all the honor and glory because it is because of you that we sit here with her. <clears throat> Jesus, you have made it possible for healing and restoration to happen and to continue to happen in her life. I ask, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see. Holy Spirit, you desire to go into the rooms of our hearts you desire to bring the pain and suffering to light, to heal, restore, and bring us joy. Father, I ask that you go into the wounded hearts of each and every one of us that is here, because none of us is whole and healed. We all have pain. We all have sin that we struggle with. I ask that you would go in there now and remove and shake and break the bondages that hold us captive, because like Pastor Brian said, you came to set us free. Go into the rooms of our hearts, move and stir to bring about joy and healing that you would desire. Amen. Amen. So I wrote some notes to keep myself totally on topic because this is a, a very um, huge passion of mine is my children especially. But not just that, it's healing and it's breaking those ties and the bondages that Jesus literally died on the cross to set us free from, that Correct. we don't have to be held captive. And it's a process, you know, healing, whether it's physical or spiritual or mental, can happen immediately, wholly and completely and permanently, or God can use that healing process to refine us. So Correct. it was a journey in my life first. I had a lot to work through. I was um, very angry and bitter about the things that happened to my now children. Um, and then I was able to move through that to help bring healing and restoration to my children. Okay. Um, so a journey came to us. 
2015, um, before she came to us, she lived in a very hard place. Um, she lived in a place where there was a lot of turmoil and strife, addiction, darkness. Um, for her, there was um, starvation, abuse. It was a lot. It was a lot of darkness. Um, and about what age is that for her? Uh, she was uh, two. So she came to us when she was almost three. So it was the first two years of her life. It was um, pretty dark. It, it, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I, just wanna, uh, I want everybody to just take a moment to try to take this in. A two-year-old dealing with the things that she's just mentioned. Abandonment, starvation, and some abuse. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. And I want to say before I share her story that we walk in love and forgiveness towards her parents. Her her birth parents um, struggled with sins. They came from a, a her birth mother came from a line that didn't have Christ, um, and she struggled. She struggled with demons. She struggled with sins of her own. And we walk in love and forgiveness towards them because we're all sinners. We've all fallen, um, and we've cast no judgments on them at all. Um, so her birth dad was actually my husband's brother, um, and her birth mom was our sister-in-law by marriage. Um, it, at the time of what was going on in these kids' lives, we were estranged for many reasons. It was a difficult time. Um, I think God was preparing us for the task that he had for us. Um, and just a couple years after uh, Journey's dad died, or just a couple years after Journey was born, her birth dad died. Um, he lost the battle of addiction and turmoil in his life. It was really hard and dark time. Um, it was heartbreaking for his family. It was um, it was suffering that I wished on no one, both from his brother's point of view and my in-laws. It's it it's deep pain. Bearing a child is pain you hear about in the Bible, like the grief of King David or the grief of Job. It is really, really difficult to get through. Um, and suicide is a very personal, hard road to walk through. It, it, it hurts not just the person who suffered and who was lost, but it hurts everybody around them. It's, it's very painful, and if not stopped, it can continue down, and it can trickle down. It really, really can. I've seen that in my children, um, the suffering from the bondage that their birth parents suffered with. So it was um, probably about six months after he passed away. Well, let me back up a little bit. So he passed away, and then their birth mom continued to struggle. Um, she couldn't deal with, cope with her own issues. So she walked away from the kids and she left them with my in-laws um, who were deeply grieving. It was very, very deep pain that the entire family was going through. So they were with them for about six months and then the state stepped in long story short, asked us if we would foster. And funny story is, probably a few months before that, we had gone to an adoption seminar, and I was like, oh no, mm. I'm not doing that. That is a circus I cannot join. Like, I just, I'm sorry, but you can't tell me where I'm gonna put my potatoes. Like, this is insane, I can't do this, no. So then when the state came knocking, I was like, oh my gosh, I thought I said no. <laughs> and uh, God was like, well, no times four, here you go. So we said yes. It was, um, we hadn't met Journey. We hadn't met the other three. And it was 
a yes I will never regret because that yes totally transformed my walk. It changed me, it refined me. I mean, them being so forgiving and understanding and just not walking in bitterness at what their parents did, it was like shocking to me. I just, I, it, was, it was indescribable. So that's how they came to us. They, yeah. It was through really difficult circumstances, but like some of the songs that we sing here, nothing is wasted. Mm. Nothing is wasted. God is going to continue working. He pulled them out of some darkness, some really deep darkness, and is using that to refine them, to refine me, to refine my husband, our marriage, and people who hear their testimony. So mm. Mm. so you, I'm sure you begin to see some of the effects of that in, yep. in Journey's life even. Mm-hmm. Um, so after their birth dad died uh, and their birth mom walked away, it was a huge struggle. I mean, spiritual warfare like you hear about in missionary books, I mean, dark, dark turmoil, things that I could go on for days about that she suffered with. It was deep depression and sadness and everybody's like, oh, she's two. And I'm like, um, have you met a two-year-old? Like, no, this is not normal two-year-old behavior. It was a huge, huge struggle, huge bondage. And God kept revealing to me, I've got this, I've got her, I'm going to break these chains. I came to break these chains. I have broken these chains. I'm going to open your eyes on how to continue walking in this and helping them walk in this. So, I mean, the girl who sits here today is not the girl that was brought to my doorstep in 2015. she couldn't deal cope at all with the outside world at all. Um, when we would take her to church, it was difficult. It was physical pain and suffering and turmoil and crying and screaming like nothing we had ever experienced before. So this little girl that you sit here, see here sitting with us is a complete and utter miracle. I mean, yeah. it was yeah. massive, massive bondage, massive bondage that she was under. Yeah. Are there other things that you, you saw that manifested as in her life that you could be free to talk about this morning? Or um, I don't want to go into too great a detail, but. Bondages that I've seen broken, first and foremost, were being able to go from not being, literally, literally not being able to go outside. Not, she could not handle going outside. Um, she could not handle social interaction. She could not handle other people. Um, we would go, there would be upwards of three, four, five hours of just screaming, just pure screaming, because the evil familial spirits that attacked her birth parents so strongly, especially once her dad was gone, trickle down and they wanted something familiar. They wanted, they know her weakness. They know our weakness. They know God. They know the power that's within us. I mean, they knew Job's weakness. Satan knew Job's weakness. And one of his weaknesses was fear and they attacked it. They attacked it and they attacked it and Satan kept attacking it. God refined Job through it and his testimony is incredible because of that trial. But those evil spirits just kept clinging and holding on, especially to her. She was so weak and so broken and so fragile mm-hmm. that she, this, we'd have sleepless nights. We would just not be able to go anywhere. Or when we would go anywhere, it was like this huge battle, huge battle mm-hmm. for her because her, us bringing her into that church meant Satan was losing his grip. Mm. You know, I'm a stubborn woman and I will take my kids to church and I will fight those battles for them. Yeah. Literal blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, I, I took her and it was difficult and it was hard and some days I'm like, oh my gosh, let's just not go. But no, because that, 
that's Satan still wanting to hold on a little bit of grip, whatever he can to this bloodline, he wants to hold on to it and destroy it because he doesn't want the power that's within her or within me or within any of us to continue moving forward even when it's hard. So he's broken her of food allergies, um, depression, anxiety. She still struggles some with it, um, but her just being here and sitting here is a humongous testimony and a witness to miracles. Some people don't think they still happen, but yeah. they this 100% happen every day, every Amen. single day. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So what are some of the steps that you took seeing all that happen? What is it you do to help see her set free and your home set free? Okay, so when this all first came about, this was probably a few years before we got them. Stephen has an aunt whom I love and admire and cherish her godly wisdom and input and mentorship over my life. Um, she came to me and said, um, started talking about bondages. And I'm like, what? Like, what is this? And um, chains and, and generational curses, if you will, that hold on to our bloodline. And I don't mean this in a bad way. I'm not blaming her parents or anybody's parents in here. Right. But like you said, things that you can see, stubbornness, sexual immorality, mm -hmm. addiction, abuse, mm -hmm anxiety, depression, you can probably look back behind you and say, oh, well, grandma so-and-so struggle with anxiety right. or, you know, Uncle Bill struggle with this addiction or that addiction or whatever. And right. so she started opening my eyes and I was like, well, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. So first and foremost, I had to look at myself. I had to look at myself because healing starts with repentance. Mm -hmm. It starts with repentance. And so she taught me some things in the Bible, and I grew up in church, so, and I loved my church growing up, but this wasn't taught and spoken about, about how to receive the um, gift of Christ already breaking it that's waiting for us. So we, I started with repentance and looking at my own self, my bitter root judgments, inner vows, just Things that I had said, first against her birth parents, against myself, against whatever, and God uprooted those things quickly, very, very quickly. And then we came here, and and I I was praying, I was praying for them, and it it was slow moving. With me, it was faster and faster. And then we came here, and I met another woman who God dropped in my lap. Now, see. I wasn't looking for this. I wasn't like, okay, you know, like, I want to go and learn about all these things in the Bible that aren't talked about as much anymore. But a friend of mine from another church was, I told her, I'm like, I'm struggling. I am super struggling. Like, spiritual attack, spiritual warfare is just constant. And the struggle was because Satan was losing his grip on my kids and he was getting ticked off. And so she uh, gave me the phone number of a woman another spiritual godly pillar in my life that has opened my eyes to so many things. And she told, she's taught me, continued teaching me what this aunt was teaching me, but also to ask God to open my eyes to what he'd have me see. And I'm not kidding you. If you genuinely go to God and you say, God, open my eyes to what you'd have me see, open my eyes, he will do it. It's true. He will do it. If you go it's in true. faith and say, God, open my eyes, let me see the things that I need to see. He opened my eyes to my own sin issues. He opened my eyes to things that my kids were struggling with that they didn't want to come out and necessarily say. Um, so with Journey, I, I would pray these deep, deep intercessing prayers and just to heal her when she would have a hard time, a breakdown, and she'd be in her room struggling, I would go and I would sit on the floor and I would anoint every door in my house with oil. Um, and it's nothing magical about the oil. It's right. a symbolism. Yep. It's letting Satan know, oh no, I'm awake 
and you're not. You are under my feet, and I'm seated with Amen. Christ Almighty, Amen. and you have Come no on. say in my home. I would anoint my kids, walk by them, and rub some oil on their heads, and be like, Mama's going into some spiritual warfare here, and you are covered with the blood of Jesus because I have spiritual authority over your life, and no demon has any say over you at Amen. all. So Amen. when you talk about trampling on the serpents, yeah. like when I sat in that class of yours, I was like, Come preach on. it. Yeah. Like, Come keep on. it going, mister. Because yeah. I trampled some snakes in my house. So yeah. literal and spiritual. Yeah. Um, so I would sit out there outside her door and she would be struggling. I mean, major struggles, just screaming and crying. And the louder she screamed, the more I would pray, and the more I would pray, and the more I would pray. And previous, pre these women mentoring me in my life, I wouldn't know what to do. I would just be like, I give up. I don't know what to do. I would call people. I'm like, you guys need to come over here. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And now that I've been equipped with this knowledge that is literally in the Bible, I can sit outside her door on my knees and pray against the devil. And yeah. he loses his grip. And you can hear it in her. Because when I first start, it can get louder and louder and louder, her torment. It's literal torment. It's, it's spiritual torment. And so when I sit outside her door and I pray, eventually it slows. Satan loses that torment over them because she is saved. That chaos is happening around her, but it's not happening in her. Mm. So when I'm praying, I'm praying that chaos out of my house. I am yeah. praying it away. Yeah. And Satan, he does not like that. <laughs> <laughs> he does not like it. Yeah, exactly. So, but the Lord does. Mm -hmm. And he honors that. Yes. He 100% honors that. Yes. And I don't go and say, dear God, please heal journey from whatever is going on. I mean, the, these prayers are strong and they're not from me. They are from the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I pray, I personally pray to God, mm -hmm. I pray to the Holy Spirit, and I pray mm -hmm. to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when I pray to each one of them, it's a little different, because they all are the same, but have different um, abilities within yes. our walk. Yes. And um, it, the shift in her from learning this and the shift in all my kids, actually, from learning this has been astronomical. It's, it's been indescribable. Yeah. So tell us some of the results that have come from that. Then, How have you seen now freedom? You've mentioned some of it already. Just mm -hmm. curious. Well, physical freedom, like um, her psoriasis is healed. Her food allergies were through the roof. Um, and now, unexplainably so, according to the doctors, they have gone from like the top like 12 out of 12 to like three, or her asthma is super controlled, or um, the allergy or um, anxiety-induced highs are almost nil. And the doctors are like, is that surprising to you? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> It's not surprising to me because I believe in a God that can heal. Amen. And I Amen. believe that her broken spirit is healing, and so her physical body is able to heal. Yes. And I believe that her, um, her anxiety is going and her depression and her worry, it's all going. It's been a huge process, yeah. and it's still a work in progress because yes. even though I prayed... Um, that my own anxiety would, would stop and to break those chains and repented of mm -hmm. anything that came down my family bloodline. And I did the same thing for her. Satan still wants to creep in and be like, oh, you're anxious. Oh, mm -hmm. you're worried. But you just say to it, no more. Like, no, yeah. I, Jesus came and cut that off and I have received that. I have yeah. repented of my sins and I have received that gift. Yeah. So I don't need to live under this bondage anymore. And I don't need to live in this lie anymore. Yes. And it's still a struggle because he still wants to come in and yep. lie, 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 lie. Yep. Yeah. So. And we speak truth in those moments to ourselves. Like you mm -hmm. said, he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And that's her, that is her verse. I 
firmly believe in praying blessing and scripture over my children. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. there is yeah, come on. major, major power. We have come so far, so far in some of the most beautiful things of the Bible, some of the most beautiful traditions. You see it over and over and over again of mm-hmm. blessing and blessing and blessing. And you also see the power of cursing. Yep. And sometimes we're ignorant to it. Um, like when we say like, oh, you're just like aunt so-and-so or right. grandpa whatever, or you are so stubborn. Right. Those are cursing. Those are not powerful words that we should be speaking over our children. Right. And if you look at the generation coming up behind us, they come from brokenness, just sadness and nobody breathing life and scripture. Mm. And each one of my kids has a different scripture. Hers is um, that First Timothy 1, 7 mm-hmm. um, that you just quoted. Mm-hmm. And then I have another son who struggles with some fear and I pray over him constantly, Joshua 1, 9, where we're commanded to be strong and courageous. Mm. And it's incredible to see yeah. the change in my kids and the hope that they have. And it's not my words. I'm literally just saying God's scriptures, God's word over them. And we need to pray this not just in the secret of our room or outside our daughter's door when, you know, they're having a hard time or in the middle of a trial. Mm -hmm. We need to be praying this through all of that and at our dinner table Mm -hmm. and poolside when they're being naughty and rebuke whatever naughtiness is in them, like, no, sir, you're not having yeah. a say over my children. You're not. Amen. I cover them with the blood of Jesus. Amen. Love all that. <laughs> so tell us about Wilbur here and uh, his role and uh, how God is using him even in your family. Okay, so a couple years ago, we were still in the midst of a lot of struggle for a journey. Um, she was fighting some spiritual warfare and... Um, it was really bad. I mean, we had gone from really, really bad to good, and then all of a sudden, the really bad kicked up again. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, why? And we, God revealed to us the things why um, it was going on within her. And, but she just could not come out of it. Like, no matter how much I prayed, and praying and praying, praying, it was just very difficult for her. So, um, she was seeing a therapist and we're very much in agreement about how to handle her anxiety and her worry and her depression. This is a good sign because if she was anxious up here, he'd be all up in her lap and all over. But Yeah, let me just tell a quick story. So <laughs> yeah. they came and saw me in my office about know, a month or so ago mm-hmm. and we sat down and we're talking and I was trying to keep it real light, just conversational. And then I turned my, my questioning to Journey. And as soon as I did, Wilbur got up on the couch and got up quick right in her face. And his paws up on her because he could sense that it was making her just a little bit anxious in that moment. Mm-hmm. So uh, what a gift. It is a gift. Yeah. It is a gift. You know, I think that when God created dogs, he had a really big purpose for them other than just being cute little family pet. There's dogs are amazing with sensing or understanding when we're hurting and when we're in pain or suffering. And so during this time when she was struggling so much, again, I was like, God, I can't, like, I can't do this. Like, I'm so tired. And he was, I felt impressed on my heart to get her service dog to help her cope because it's hard walking this life and nobody has walked in her shoes. So as much as I stand with her in her struggles, it's hard. And she just needed a little extra companion, boost, whatever, to help her mm-hmm. walk the road that she is walking. Yeah. So I know it's hard not to pet him, but he's doing his job when he's got his vest on. And he has been an astronomical part of her healing. Yeah. 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 He's, he's on the job right now. So mm-hmm. as cute as he is afterwards, you want to come up and pet him. <laughs> he's working. So you can't. So, right. You can't. Yep. Nope. Yeah. Not with his vest on. Yeah. So, um, recently journey said, or told you she wanted to be baptized mm-hmm. and, uh, that became a big deal all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that journey for journey to 
come to that place. <laughs> okay, that's how uh, we got her name, by the way. Tell that, tell that story. So, as you see in the Bible, yeah. names are a big deal. Yes. They come with blessings, and sometimes they came with cursing, and you see it. So, and again, I was ignorant to this. When I had my biological son, I wasn't thinking, but praise God, he knew anyways. And the name that we gave him ended up being true to his spirit because we named him Noah and that means comfort. And mm. through all this darkness that we walked through, Noah was the biggest comfort. He was just mm. so, he would pray for their birth mom. He would grab all the kids and be like, we need to pray for the birth mom. And he was like three or four. And I'm like, yeah. I was wow. like, <laughs> I don't want to do that, <laughs> but okay, dear Lord, okay, can we have a cookie? And he's like, dear Lord. So she got her name after three years. Um, when we adopted them, we decided to give them names. And we told them that one of the first gifts you give your child is a name. It's a blessing. Mm -hmm. And so it was, some of them came real quick and some of them took a little bit. And I wasn't sure about her. Um but I needed a constant reminder that everybody's on a journey and she's on a journey mm. and we're, we're not done and whole and complete until we see Christ in heaven someday. Yeah. And we need a grace for those and where they're at on their journey. So that's, that's how she Good. got her name. Yeah. So, so in, <laughs> her coming to Christ and wanting to be baptized. Tell us about that story. Okay. So when she wanted to come to Christ, she was about four years old and, um, her, she was tired of the pain and she, we took them to church, like I said, and it took a while for her to become comfortable at church, probably two years of major struggles. And when she came to me and started asking me about Jesus, she was like this four, four-year-old little whippersnapper. And I'm like telling her and she's like bouncing all over the place. And, um, her desire and her drive to be healed and she just took it on she was just mm. like i want jesus i want jesus and i said well you can have him baby all you got to do is repent and receive and he's waiting to heal you and make mm -hmm. you whole mm -hmm. so when um she came to us and wanted to be baptized. I, okay, I have been praying for a long, long time that each one of my kids would come to that decision on their own. And Sunshine started it a few months back and I was like, hallelujah. And then when she came and said it, um, I was like, oh, there's a shift. There yeah. is a shift. Yes. And because her... Satan likes to keep everything secret, right? And mm -hmm. so when she came to me and got saved, we shared with our family, but it was, it's a very personal thing. It's not a proclamation, right? Mm -hmm. And in baptism, it's a proclamation. Yeah. It's a proclamation that you are in Christ and you're proclaiming it. And the gates of hell do not like that. Okay, they man. don't like it when you get saved and they don't like it when you proclaim your salvation. Yep. So... I was like, hallelujah, praise Jesus, praise God almighty. Yes, 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 Lord. Yeah. Um, so it, we had some struggles the last few weeks that I personally felt attacked. I personally struggled with anxiety and some fear. We went to my son's Marine boot camp and there was a lot of emotions that came up out of me and it all kind of shifted when she was like, I'm going to be baptized. Mm -hmm. I am ready to do this. And it's just so affirming as a parent to watch my 11-year-old walk in it and take it as her own and all of those prayers getting answered. I mean, yeah. big, 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 big prayers getting answered yeah. on her behalf. That's it was awesome. exciting. Yeah. Stephen, any thoughts about what this means as a dad watching all of this? Give him no, sorry. Uh, it, it's, I mean, it's just makes me proud and you know relieved and um because as as a father you have these um wants and anxieties for your, for your kids and you want them to know the lord um it's kind of a i don't know a, a little fear um mm -hmm. that they'll uh never get found um and and uh, it's just relieving um i, I think yeah. it was a good 
good word. Good. Anything else, Emily, you wanted to add today that maybe we haven't covered that? You know, with her baptism, I've talked a lot about the spiritual authority we have as parents over our kids, but now it's getting strengthened down the bloodline. Mm. And her proclaiming her faith and her walk, she's starting to take responsibility for that, and that's becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. So those generational curses that were so strong before are being, even though Christ already severed them, we're now claiming it. So we're strengthening our ties to God and our relationship with Christ. So just, I just want to encourage parents, just speak life over your kids from God's word. Mm -hmm. Pray over your kids. They all grow up, irregardless of my prayers, my kids still have free will. They still have the choice to walk in light and walk in blessing or follow a different path. But like, how much better is it to bless your kids over and over and over than to have them walk in the darkness of past, yeah. of things that were done to them, set over them. It's it's just such a gift and makes it, I think, a little easier um, to go out into the world knowing your parents had your back, knowing mm-hmm. that they humbled themselves enough to repent of their sins, mm-hmm. their issues, their struggles, see it in themselves, mm-hmm. see it Sometimes I see my impatience or whatever come out one of my kids and I'm like, oh shoot, hmm. that's trickling down. Yeah. I need to repent of that. I need to repent to my kids and I need to be a demonstration of light in life. And not just the repenting and the receiving, because we see it throughout the Bible. Like in Daniel 9, we see Daniel's prayer and him saying to God like, I don't want this. I repent of this. They had a national iniquity on them and they were stuck in it. And he was like, I don't want it. I don't want it anymore. And we can do that for our kids. And there's so many examples of it. Yeah. It's just incredible to see what God can do. Well, Journey, you are a blessing. And we join with your parents and your family to be a blessing and speak a blessing to you this morning. Amen, church? Yeah, amen. Amen. I will say, um, for her testimony, I did write down a little bit um, that I wanted to say for her. Good. Um, And what I wrote was, after talking with her, that... She has chosen God and to cling to him on her journey. She has chosen to take some of the worst things that a person can bear and not let it make her bitter. Um, And it's a battle. It's been a battle for her, but she stands in victory. She stands in the promises of God Almighty, and she is allowing it to refine her, to refine me, to in her testimony, you know, and I asked her what I could share, she was like, you know, you can share it, you can share it. You know, even my other kids, um, I read them some of what I was going to say, and Sunshine was like, wow, you know, that's amazing, and she is walking in that. She's like, I'm not going to let this hold me back and make me better. Um, And she knows that the things that have happened to her do not define her. Mm. They don't, but they will refine her. And God is using it to refine her. Um, And she is choosing today to proclaim that she is God's girl. Essentially, through the symbolism of baptism, Satan is being warned loud and clear that she is in Christ and the gates of hell will not prevail. She is in the one who conquered death. She has already claimed her victory through her repentance and her receiving. And now she is here to proclaim it through the symbolism of his death and resurrection. Um, So now with this, we're gonna show that Prince of Darkness that he cannot have her. 
Amen. because she is seated with Christ. And there's a couple other things I wanted to say. It's all right. Um, oh, I already answered that one. Okay, so. So I wanted to take a second to bless her. Yeah. Um, so today, Journey, I bless you with a continued heart of forgiveness, with a spirit of peace and joy and courage. May you proclaim your testimony and all that God has brought you out of to everyone you meet. I cry aloud to God Almighty to guard your heart, to continue to heal your mind, to open your eyes, to see the things he would have you see, and to grow you and use your spiritual gifts in ways that glorify and honor him. Amen. Amen. And I will say, as her mother, I stand in the face of that devil. I stand in the face of that devil. I will walk with her as her sister in Christ and her mother, and I will not back down. Amen. And, and Satan is being warned loud and clear through yes. this today. Yes. He is being warned that you've been defeated yep. and you don't get this. Yep. And, and through this, because of the Holy Spirit and what Christ did on the cross, I proclaim that he does not get me, he does not get my children, my mm -hmm. grandchildren, Amen. and if Jesus tarries, he does not get anyone that belongs to my house for a thousand generations, period, end of story. Come on, yeah, amen. And that is because of what Christ did on the cross. Amen. It's all because of what Christ has done mm -hmm. on the cross for us. Mm -hmm. And all of this is ours in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I hope you picture and catch the power of a praying parent this morning and the role that we have to pray over our children, but the role that we have as a church now to pray over her and this family. Amen? This is why we gather together, that we might be the church that the gates of hell will not prevail Amen. against. So in just a moment, we're going to baptize Journey. I want us to pray first, though. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, today we glory in you. I thank you for victory that is ours in your son, Jesus Christ. That while we were enemies, while we were sinners, you sent your son to die for us. To break the chains of darkness, yep. to break sin, yep. guilt, shame, fear, addictions, whatever had come down mm -hmm. through the family lines, you came to break that. Amen. And we have heard now this story that so beautifully illustrates that. I thank you for journey. I thank you for what you have done in breaking the bondage in her life. I thank you that she now stands as your daughter. Yep. She now stands as one freed. She now stands to be used by you and is being used even today. So I thank you for your purposes in her. We stand with this mom and dad. We stand with her to proclaim your victory over her and over them. Amen. We give you all the glory in this today. You are the one worthy. You are the Amen. one who breaks the chains. Amen. And for that, we are grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can I pray right. real quick? Please. You pray too. Elohim, we call on you now for you are supreme. You are mighty. El Shaddai, we believe you are sufficient. You will sustain Journey's walk and footing. You will hold her. You will be more than enough for her. We stand in that promise today. Jehovah Shalom, we ask for your peace over Journey. We ask that you would heal and restore every fragmented pieces of her mind and bring it back to wholeness in you, this side of heaven. We pray your peace over her, for as it is written in 2 Timothy 1.7, for God did not give us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of sound mind. Because she believes in you and that you will take care of her, I ask that you give her strength to yield to you, Adonai. I stand in the face of Satan on behalf of my daughter today. I declare that she is a child of God and I am witness to her profession of faith. Mm -hmm. I will take up the charge of, as her mother and her sister in Christ to keep her accountable and to walk with her through every trial and fiery dart. We stand in your victory and resurrection power, not in our own strength, but in the power 
and the blood of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, we ask that you move through journey, strengthen her, speak through her, use her testimony. We pray this and all God's people said, amen. 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 All right, let's do this. That's be good. All right, let's make our way back to the back. Wilbur's coming too. curious. Sorry, Wilbur. Journey, what a story. How exciting that God has done in your life. He's placed you in this family here. Now he's placed you in the family of God through Jesus Christ. And this is a celebration today. This is like your mom has said. This is uh, a hand right in Satan's face to say, you do not have control any longer. You belong to the Most High. You are now in the hands of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well, based on all that journey, I baptize you now as my sister in Christ. You are buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Yeah. Amen.